Um, I'm Deacon, I'm one of the volunteers here at Men Matter Scotland, I'm here with... My name is Gregor, I'm one of the founding members and I have the title of manager at the time being for Men Matter Scotland. I'm also a member and a guy. Fit all the criteria. A day, a day, and even <laughs> more that I'm not going to announce on a podcast. I'm, I'm Craig Maguire and um, I've been involved to some degree for quite a wee while, um, Recent, not as much as I'd like to be recently, but I'm still within touch and distance. And I'm Danny, and I'm one of the volunteers here at Memmart Scotland as well. Cheers for having us. Hi guys, cheers for coming in, having a wee chat with us. Um, I, we were just kind of doing a trial run of the podcast before with Andy Maguire. Andy McAllister. I said, said that, that last, last time. time. Andy, Andy it's because I'm sitting with Graham. <laughs> Andy McAllister. We were sitting with. There's going to be yeah, an Andy McAllister. If you would rather Andy than Craig, <laughs> just say man. No, no, no. I don't. It's obviously it's because there's more than one. It's quite I mean, surreal just sitting here in the podcast room, uh, doing a podcast when it never gets used. <laughs> when it's ah, it's it's uh, it's nice to see it in action, man. It's nice to and it's sort of you get that feeling like. How in the next twelve months? How many conversations are going to happen here? How oh, many things are going to be discussed? Aye, if walls could talk, yeah. aye, mate. Well, we've got a camera in here. Do you mate, think as well, see the way that it's set up, and as you say, the, the vibe and the atmosphere, the equipment, and especially listening to the headphones, it makes it easier to talk and makes you want to talk more. Well, you're spot on. I just spoke to a boy who has just came out here and done a podcast with us, and um, he was telling us that he's, he thought when he was going to go and do a podcast, it would be scary, but actually, he just sat, he felt like sitting down talking to some mates. So. I think, um, well done man, it's yeah, very welcoming. Yeah, that's kind of the format we're wanting to go for, we're not really wanting to go for like a oh, like a serious, serious interview, like question answer, we would rather have a kind of, a conversation about people, their experiences, their life, and then interject with questions that we might think would be relevant to either the topic or what we would want to be talking about on the day. Aye, man. Ones, that, ones that pop up naturally, aye, like aye. questions pop up, like you pick up and some, somebody's, Somebody's saying about something, like, uh, we were talking about Big Andy there, I was saying about how um, being for the scheme, you think when you're involved with something like this that all your scheme pals will be like, what what, you've, what the fuck are you doing, you're going soft, but you find out it's them that are actually like, ah, here, mate, well done. And then for that, you just think, we started talking about that, so right. things just pop up naturally. It creates a chain, just I, you being there and then uh. people seeing you, I guess... One of the main things that I've found quite rewarding is like my family members for all across like I've got family in Canada, Australia, England and all the rest. We've got a group chat and they're always constantly just giving me positive messages yep. saying, Ah, you're doing the right thing, you the work you are doing is incredible and all that. They they're all just seeing that through social media. I don't like approach them well, and it just shows you that's a way of still communicating with them, being involved uh, in the community. And like we are saying, Craig, is like sometimes all it takes is one for one person to start something new and it's it's a positive for it, positive effect for those around him. I think this podcast would be that. It'll be a guy who's probably sitting shaking his cell about telling people his his darkest, oh, you know I mean, things for his past. Who will will in the near future use this podcast to tell his story? He'll then own it, and then some cunt will hear it. It will change their life, and then his story will be a, a force for good, man. And and again, well done for you as being uh, part of that. Yeah, that's, that's what that's exactly what see Big Andy. That's what he said. He said that. You've got people that are like living, live alone, especially the past year, and yeah. they're in their own heat. And like this could be like a comforting, uh, almost as if there's people here, like 
weigh them and it's like and at that point it's as, as I said it's like an extension of yeah. the service because we heard a lot about this um, through lockdown on the news and all that uh, older people especially feeling lonely they've done a campaign to get you know, I mean sometimes the voice of the radio presenters were the only voices that some people yeah. were hearing and again I don't know about yous but their lockdown I, I, I listen to a lot more podcasts a lot, a lot more audio books and stuff like that and this is the perfect thing for going out a walk and listening to for me anyway. It's the perfect thing for sitting and listening to the bath, you know what I mean, or whatever, just chilling That's out. That's why I think we're, we were saying we're going to make sure we get it across all platforms so some people, accessible for I, Deacon likes to watch, I'm more like you, I like, I like to go a walk or like if I'm driving I'll put it on and basically do it while I'm doing other things and just listen. So... Um, some people don't use Twitter, but use Facebook, vice versa, so get it on, on everything. don't know what you think, man. <coughs> I was talking to Danny about this the other day. It's like, like YouTube is now the university. Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah it's where you can learn it's, anything. Now, it's a bad day, right, when you can find out how to fix your motor, your phone, your computer, and your mental health for YouTube. When you can't even get some advice uh, you on your mental health for your doctor. It's crazy. It's crazy. In a way, that's like a, a good... I mean, the internet has both good and bad sides, I guess, doesn't it? Because social media is one of the main kind of causes for poor mental health in, say, females of a certain age or even males of a certain age, comparing themselves to other people. But then you look at the kind of information that the internet can put out there, like, for example, fixing your car through YouTube, fixing a hoover, fixing your mental health, with watching videos on counselling. Well, see, when you go into YouTube and it comes up at the top, right, um, includes paid ads, Aye. I mean, right? I think when you got your doctor, it should say that in the door. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're advertising, yeah, they're advertising... Hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> They're advertising a, a chemical solution, a chemical solution. I mean, which plays a part, but it's not the only part. And if you're only advertising one option, then yeah. if you've got a monopoly on that, oh, and, um, we want to try and work with all the professionals to let them know that this Menmark Scotland, even coming along and you're involved in what we're doing right now, is a therapy as an option as well. 100%. Not I mean, and you know, just keep punting your. Your, uh, your, your chemicals at his man, know what I mean? A couple of what you're saying there as well, everything that the doctors are trying to give you, it all costs a lot of fucking money, doesn't it? Ah. Whereas the stuff we're doing, breathing techniques, cold water exposure, what does that cost you? Coming together. Yeah, coming together, talking. Yep. There's that. that positive support for each other. Well, that's, what they, that's what they say, the best things in life are free, isn't it? I but that's they maybe that's why the, the doctor doesn't promote it because nah, I'm just I'm just saying that's a that's a, that's a um, discussion though oh, because uh, well they're starting to it looks like they're gone the way of taxing fresh air by the way it's gone but like, can you not get canned fresh air in Hong Kong? Uh, you not sell fresh air? in Scotland or not you can get fresh air you pay fortunes just I've for got, fresh air for other countries you're not being Lomond with a ziplock bag man <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're saying is the solution to poverty in Drumchapel is we can poverty and send it abroad sell, sell a can of poverty yeah, I hear there are problems ah, like, <laughs> send it into the houses of parliament <laughs> so they know what it's really like paying that paying a hundred grand for Scottish air that Deacon's farted in <laughs> <laughs> but see, I mean, <laughs> but you've made a good point now. It's like sometimes, sometimes things don't change until something fucking massive happens. Not, I mean, um, policy change doesn't happen unless there's a terrorist attack. Um, sometimes the way that we look after people in this country doesn't change until there's been some sort of huge um, incident. Not, I mean, yeah. maybe uh, regulations get tightened up only after something's happened. Um, but it, for me, I mean, I fucking I'll pose a question to you: is what already has to happen for something to get shaken up when it comes to mental health and suicide prevention? Because those, those, you know, those devastation, those devastations are happening every year yeah. in this country, man. Boys and families. We just spoke to hundreds of a day here on our open day have lost loved ones, and that's going to obviously affect their lives forever and ever and ever. Um, 
what the fuck has to happen for things to change, man? Know what I mean? It's a hard question. It definitely is. It's one that's going to take quite a long time to figure out and a lot of different kind of perspectives and opinions on it to figure out. But one of the main things that needs to happen is there has to be a line of communication, not just between the people that are suffering, but also the people that can do something about it, the people that enforce policies, the people that, I guess, the doctors, the counsellors, there has to be a line of communication so that they can find out what things aren't helping, what things are helping, and things that they can implement in order to help people in the future. Like, for example, the doctors are more than ready when you go into a doctor's office and you say you're feeling depressed and suicidal to just throw tablets at you and say, oh, this is going to make you feel better. But one thing they're not so common or so easy, like ready to do is to tell you the positive reinforcement, the positive things you need to do in your life to then make it last to make the, the feeling better last longer and not have to depend on, say, an antidepressant or such. Because there's people that say they're on stuff like, for my example, myself, I'm on fluoxetine. I've been on fluoxetine for the past four or five years and I don't feel like it's right for me. It might be helping and it might keep my my um, my mood stable or my mood up, but the only time I've actually found a change in my mental health that's lasted is when I actually put in like positive strategies to deal with my mental health for example volunteering working getting out the house going to the gym and that's not something that the doctor really i mean they tell you to go and exercise they tell you to work on your sleep hygiene they tell you to work on all these other things but they don't actually tell you i guess how where the resources are where you can find out how to implement these into your life and where you can actually i learn about these things it's not something that's spoken about enough um and the doctors just don't seem to have those kind of resources I mean, they are stretched enough as it is, but it isn't an excuse for just throwing tablets at people and not seeing a person as an individual and treating everyone in society as a group and just a one-size-fits-all. So have you and the rest of the guys found that when there's a suicide that's in the public domain, like a celebrity or a politician, that it's taken much more seriously? It's put in the forefront of the campaign. And there's a discussion about how this needs to end. People people post that, uh, or be kind and all this and that, which is good, don't get me wrong, but it's... It's because it's they're caught up in sort of groupthink about the whole situation rather than when some boy that's just done it done done something to himself in the local community. It's it just doesn't have the same impact. Way on the, uh, no, the way that's right. it, it doesn't have the same way. No, see, see what you were saying there about about policymakers and doctors being stretched. So um, actually, what um, part of my uni course? It's public sector risk. And the second course, what we're writing is about the austerity policy. And the thing is, is about them being being stretched is is that through austerity you can remove obviously statutory um, services such as healthcare and education. But what what they're really clawing resources out of is the ones that support these things. So if you want, what they're what they're saying is. We we stop the dependency, quote unquote, on these things, and they basically then we reinvest the funds into the the, the like say like healthcare and that, which they don't anyway. But that's what they're saying they're doing. Yeah. But the thing is, what actually then happens is the social risk is that if if you take away addiction support, mental health support, and things that complement healthcare, you take that away to try and like boost healthcare by reinvesting money into it. It actually suffers in the long run because then they are dealing with more overdoses, more more um, uh, self harming, 
more more suicides, all these things that then were getting taken care of outside of healthcare, fall right into healthcare. Same way care homes, yeah. for example, if they're cutting social care, then people end up where they would be treated in a care home end up treated in the hospital, stretching yeah. it even further. So talking about policy and, and that kind of thing, like that's the knock on effect that that, that it has. Again, look they the, they say that the, the austerity thing is this is how they're going to re you're going to boost the, the economy through, you know, getting people into work and and putting the, the making the say like the education education self is so good that we don't need education support, but that's not how it works. Danny, what's your opinions on what Gregor asked? Um, so just going back to what you asked me, what needs to be done. So um, what you see all the time is um, the government speaking about all these mental health funds and everything else that they're going to be creating and giving us. Um, but within the last 10 years, there's only been a 2% rise in the services. So where's this money gone? Where is it really gone? What are they doing with Is it 2% of, well, not a 2% of rises, but the people are already in employment through the mental health sector. Are they then getting double their salary? Are they getting triple their salary? How how good's their life that they live in? Are you employing more people to deal with the issue, or are you just increasing the funds of the people that are in the job, not even for the right So you make a good point. Man. How many how many times in the last ten years have you heard a politician in Scotland or around the UK any description say that they've made significant investments in mental health? Right, we've just seen an STV article yesterday, two days ago, telling us that there's been a two percent increase in investment in recruiting psychiatrists into the field. In a decade, right? And now I'm not saying psychiatry is the way to go, you know what I mean? But the, 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 the clinicians are, <laughs> and they're no higher than any male. And it makes you wonder, are people actually trying to become these, these daily training, these jobs? Are people yeah. lose faith in them altogether? Um, we know through what we do here every day in Menmark, Scotland, that the things that are helping is essentially love and Again, we've had a laugh earlier, you know what I mean? You can't can can well. can these things, you can't yeah, bottle yeah. them, right? Yeah, yeah. But what we do is we're sort of we're segregated, we're sort of divided against our political our, uh, beliefs and our sort of social beliefs and all the rest of it, right? So we have got a pretty fragmented fucking society. But when we're talking about suicide, man, it touches every part of that fucking society. Yep. So we've got to find consensus. And where is that consensus? That we have to find a way of people don't want to take their lives. And we know the kind of factors that are contributing to those things. And we know the kind of things communities can do. And we know the kind of things we need help for governments and the people involved in decision making. As communities we're doing our best, you're seeing charities pop up, you're seeing campaigns yeah. happening, but what you're not seeing is it for the other side. And we know through COVID that every single piece of government was mobilised to, you know, react and respond to protecting lives apparently through COVID. Yes. Well, how much of that response has been there in the last 15 years? Um, none. Well, the, the thing with that also is, is like, with the communication of it, there isn't that communication with the clinicians. They're not, I mean, I don't really know 100%, but, I mean, have they spent much time in Drumchapel in the local community? Have they spent time walking about, seeing okay, the things that we have to see every single man. day? Like, if, I've not yeah, seen I'll any politicians off. from, I guess, the House of Commons, the House of Parliament, um, Holyrood or anything. I've not seen any of them on the streets of Drumchapel, walking around well, talking to the average point. person. So, uh, for example, um, there's an MP, mm-hmm. right, and uh, for this area is Carol Monaghan. Um, no, Carol Monaghan used to be a teacher. Yes. Right? And I like that. I like the fact that you yeah, can she's take got a connection with the young the youth and stuff. She knows like the community because she's sort of taught them. She can she can she's looked in the whites of the eyes of some poverty stricken young people and she can she remembers that. You know what I mean? I'm now what I'm saying is we need balanced people representing their fucking mm. communities, you know what I mean? 
like if you've had, I don't think you should be allowed to represent a community if you've never lived or worked there. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, f- I don't think you should be able to. I mean, you sh- there should be a test you pass other than just being elected, um, because we know through advertising that you can be convinced to fucking make just about any decision. Yeah. And if you look at some of the psychology that's adapted during trying to get you to vote, it's it's just a big con, and we need people that represent our communities in charge of the oversight of middle management and mental health, middle management and the NHS, mm. making sure they do their jobs. We're getting, some middle managers getting paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a year, you know, and with one of those salaries, we could fund multiple hubs in this country that would save fucking dozens, if not hundreds of lives. So when you're talking about com- comparison for the, f- for the spend, man, it's, it's a no-brainer for me. I, could, I was just going to make a point that... Um, we were talking about government and, and, and stuff like that, and obviously going back to like when I was writing this article, which I'm still, or oh, sorry, this essay, I was reading through this article, and it was saying basically that you know they got that was making the argument that the government uh, through through this austerity where they're cutting these services were like promoting the sort of they were first of all promoting the view that people using like benefits were fraudulently using benefits but right. they were also deploying the media this was an argument we made in this article to see when they come on and, and, and get like so men matter on on the news and then um, they get you know people that are doing things in the community on the news almost to, to nurture the idea that get people doing it get the the people in the community yeah. doing it and then we don't need to pay for it and that was what they were saying that they're basically making out like I, they're doing great things. Really, it's like, look, you should do it as well. Get everybody in doing it, in the third sector, doing it, the charity sector, basically, so that they don't need to. It's a cynical view, but I mean, again, it's it's definitely it's a point worth considering. Well, spot on, look, Drum Chapel. We've got uh, tidy uh, grow chapel, tidy up Drum Chapel, litter picking, like clean up the litter. You know what I mean? When the services for keeping our place tidy. <coughs> fucking getting totally slashed we've got a peer-to-peer mental health support network in this area when the fucking um we've got we've got about eight chemists in one mental health charity for men yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? um that's comparatively right yeah. um well i've seen a statistic that said something like if you live in drum chapel when you walk out your front door you're no more than 150 meters away from the closest waste ground as well yes that's correct so um, there's a thing called uh, the broken window no, no, the glasgow effect right where yeah. Um, schemes right beside each other there's like a 15 year life expectancy different we've got this thing um, called the, the broken window effect so yeah. again if, if you're if you're living in an area that is run down deprived and is, is sort of like um, it's just it's messy and it's all broken and stuff what you're going to find is that people can people are more likely to continue to break down and deteriorate yeah. the, the area whereas if you go somewhere like there's Demo Guy where all Eastern the, Bartonshire the, Council aye. cleans the street right, well, like an example right Eastern Bartonshire, right? East Year, Bears Denmo guys, right? They came out last year and said that was one of the safest places to live if you're a woman in the whole of Europe, right? Yeah. Eastern Bartonshire. Then what they said in the same article was if you go to Western Bartonshire, which is like Dumbarton and things like that, it's one of the most dangerous places to live if you're a woman in the whole of Europe. Yeah. Right? So, so how's there such a divide in just Dumbartonshire, never mind the whole of Europe? Exactly. And I mean and 
and homelessness, they call it, I mean, a big word, right, for a, for a fucking pretty simple idea, and that's a psychologically informed environment. See, if you're putting somebody you want to recover, somebody you want to feel well in an environment that's a shithole, well, guess what? They're going to feel like a piece of shit, right? And if you put somebody in an environment when... Look at, look at what happened through COVID. They took all the rough sleepers and put them in a hotel, yeah, right? Nice. Well, I wonder, who's gathering the data to see what happened to them after that? Yeah. Right? I mean... I mean, a bit of exposure to a fucking five-star hotel might have just gave somebody the breathing space in their life to maybe put the pieces back together, you know what aye. I mean? And aye. reflect back at them that they are fucking born for you. realise how they don't want to live. Aye, aye, it's like if you get, if you give somebody, if you, if you like, if you're cleaned up, haircut, trimmed, and you, you take more pride in yourself, you, that has a knock-on effect with how you feel about yourself. So yeah, I, if you're saying that they could be put in there and it's starting to let them see a wee bit more of your life what it could be like mm-hmm. and that then that might again as you said might have a knock on effect but if they if, if you apply that like you say to the area you live in then um, that is going to as you yep. say psychological and from the environment so what about these people that are maybe coming out of care or coming out of um, prison or coming out of different situations and they're maybe or coming out of a violent um, relationship and they'll be rehoused and the house officer saying, oh, we've got your house, but it's in Drumchapel, and they snigger, and they go, oh, don't worry, you'll be all right if you just don't talk to him, they keep your head down, right? Aye, but when you get somebody. here, you notice that everyone is really friendly, it's, there's a yeah. massive community spirit. But the picture you're painted in is that you're going to live uh, in a high-rise flat that's full yes, of yes. X, Y, and Z, that you're going to be exposed to this and that, and you're getting put into a dangerous situation, it's a shithole, right? Yeah. You're going to feel like a worthy, valuable person within your, just your community that wants to contribute to that community getting better, or are you going to feel like it's a total fucking right after there's no point so the communities in drum chapel and other areas you're almost the, the the reputation is a fucking right off what's the point right so where do you start where do you start you've got to start on a on redefining that fucking that attitude yeah definitely you know what i mean definitely and how many people are in the drum or easter house or castle milk or gorbos that are you know have they're going to judge in the future based on the past that things are never going to change they're just going to Flash in the pan. Learned behaviours for their children. Totally. Well, a fucking major shake-up has to happen. Not yeah. I mean? Big thing. But again, we've uh, sometimes, like we know this through men matter, sometimes some of them, the pain and misery in our lives is sending us down a fucking road that we need to go to, to learn and to live. Yeah. Maybe these things in society and our communities are having to happen so that the masses learn ways, not what I mean? Yeah. Um, but we can, we're, we're doing everything with our power and we'll continue to man and you see, as you say, like what needs to happen, like because as you say that it's a lot of these policy reforms are done in, in response to things. I think, f- as far as we are concerned, on this table and everybody out there, like everything that needs to happen has already happened. Like enough people have done things to themselves that they otherwise wouldn't have felt the need to do. So for us, it's like. It's sort of, there's nothing more. Aye, like so can, there's not going to be one big celeb- like celebrity that. That something happens to you that changes it all. Well, we already they, think it's. it's I think right the to thing they're focusing on too much is the damage control instead of prevention. Do you know what I mean? Where if they actually put in the preventative steps to these things, then there wouldn't be so much fallout so or you, damage control. You make a valid point, right? So we were last year. We had to go and find some. Somebody asked us to evaluate the cost of a suicide to um, the stakeholders or the, yeah. the state, right? So we looked at, we had to go down and look at NHS England stats and what they basically, what they done was they calculated six months before the suicide, six months after, and they included the six immediate people around the person that took their own lives. So that cost included maybe the six months before, all the visits to the doctor, maybe the medication, maybe the talking therapist if you're lucky to be given one, 
Um, and then the actual event, unfortunately, maybe involved police, other emergency services, retrieval, uh, post-mortem, um, lawyers' involvement, etc., etc. And then immediately, uh, funeral, etc., and then immediately the six of people affected by a suicide, all the different supports and things that they need. Scared losing out and work. So, so we're talking about as the high as, as £1.2 million per suicide to yeah. the state, to um, all these different sectors, right? So we're talking about financial costs, right? So finances are not the main, it's lives that are important. But like you said, Deacon, the cost of a fucking preventative session is way service. less, way less. Mate, you're talking about a human connection, mate. That's all you're talking about. I mean, everything we do here, I mean, for our members is free. We don't charge them anything. Obviously, we rely heavily on the donations of our patrons to stay open. But I know some lollipop ladies in this scheme that have saved more lives than some of the people that have paid to do yep. that. Yep. And that's a sad state. You can't train. Um, you can't. You can't force people to give a fuck. Aye. You can't train compassion and you can't can train love. Yep. You've either got it in you. You've not. Well, often these things have been stripped for people because yes. of adversity, yep. or often these people, uh, these things have been fucking totally ingrained in people because of adversity. Beaten yep. out of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, aye. It's a, yeah, it's a about showing the light at the end of the tunnel and getting her back, isn't it? Exactly. That's what we're all about. Yep. And so it's, I think, moving on to a, maybe a mere cheerful side of it today, <laughs> is that people think about recovery from mental health as being a slog. It can be a fucking buzz. Uh, it can be a uh, laugh. Yeah. We've been swimming in fucking club jumping. Uh, and fucking it doesn't always take personal boundaries. Uh, uh, right? It doesn't doesn't always take months. This change that you see in people's faces when they first step in the door, compared to an hour, even ten minutes later when they're walking back out the door, even if they've just had a tour, there is a noticeable change in people about the way that they carry themselves, their shoulders going back, them standing a bit more proud. Um, it's it doesn't take months, and it doesn't take degrees and qualifications yep. it just takes so they say they say that the people around you help mold your identity mm-hmm. so people can come in here get new people around them instantly and their identity changes instantly yep. you know um, and that's I don't know where else that can happen for the positive I know it can happen quite instantly if you join a football team and you end up getting the one that's getting slagged your identity has changed instantly mm-hmm. and you're hard to get away from that unless you change your environment if you're at school and you're getting bullied your identity has changed do you know what I mean and it's hard to get away from that until you fucking move school but for but in here, again, it's you're part of your identity is you're part of something of meaning and purpose. You're part of something positive in other people's lives. I think that's kind of similar. See what we were saying earlier on um, about how with the, the negative things in life, they usually give you the dopamine reward before the work. So mm-hmm. you do something, you get the dopamine reward, and then you have to deal with the fallout of, say, drug use or anything like that. What makes Men Matter quite unique is that I feel a lot of the dopamine reward comes as you're doing the work. It's not just at the end, like, say, for example, with the gym, you have to put in the hard work, slog through it, like, determination and everything, and then at the end you get a result. Mm. With drugs, you take the drug, you get a good feeling, then afterwards you need to deal with the fallout. But with Men Matter Scotland, as you come here, you get as much as you put in. So you're getting reward as you're working. And I would go further. I would say that you get a reward from seeing other people's yes. and development. 100%. Do you know what I mean? That's one of the main things for me as a volunteer See, is seeing the change in people yeah. when they come through the door and knowing that what I'm doing is the right thing and that I'm you're making a people part of yeah, yeah, yeah. See um, what you were talking about as well, Gregor. Um, in Jordan Peterson's book, The 12 Rules of Life, yep. He's, I think it's. I don't know if it's the first rule, but it's one of them. It, it's, it's. It's. All the rules are stated very simply, but then he elaborates, and it's stand up straight with your shoulders back. And he uses the. We've talked yep. about this. He uses the analogy of lobsters because lobsters have got the most primitive 
uh, sort of central nervous system, aye. But they've still got the same reward system as us oh. with the ke- chem- chemically, and it talks about lobsters that that lose mating battles, then basically get into a depression, and the bad things are more, they're more likely to lose the next one, and they're more likely to die essentially, yep. and they they shrivel up in size and all these kind of things. Basically, what he's getting at is if you're in an environment that doesn't value you and your subconscious is being reinforced that, that you don't matter or that you are you're daft or you're the one you're the you're the whipping boy mm-hmm. or you're that you're you're undervalued. Like if, if in your work is is treating you like that, and if you've got if you join a football team, as Gregor said, and they're treating you like that, then your your sense of self, sense of worth goes plummets away down chemically, and that's not something that that that. You know, you you can obviously change your thoughts, but at the same time, that that is really having a, a, an impact on you. But if you go somewhere where we say to somebody like um, that's got a skill that nobody else seems to give a fuck about, like some of the boys in here do music and that, and some of them are are, are good at artists, at artists yeah. and all that, and or some of them are even just good company. Mm-hmm. And time we come here, you're a good right. laugh. You you are. Like for example, I've I've got Danny to the left of me. I could say like, Danny's every Danny's like that good guy who's good company. Puts a smile on your face. He's always positive. He's always smiling. And that we wins for him every time. And we're not blowing smoke up his ass. You know what I mean? I wouldn't. I'm I'm no I'm no for that either. But we recognise things, good qualities in people, and we nurture that, and then they take that with them. It it develops a sense of self. I think when once you develop a high opinion of yourself that you don't tolerate. I mean, I've got to a point where I, I, right now, I don't, I wouldn't tolerate at any kind of certain level of shit from Aye. from people, and I don't mean that I would set about them. I just mean I would let them know. I listen, I'm no, I'm no for all that. I'm no, I'm no about that. I'm no, I don't, I'm not speaking to you like that. And if I am, I hope somebody tells me, Aye. you know. But just what you were saying, we just nurture these we, and it's wee hits of dopamine or serotonin, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Um, how you are? Oh, you're looking good today. You're this, you're that, and it Did just. Did you get a haircut? Aye, alright, aye, aye, fucking. Happy new hair day. Aye, I don't. Aye. When my dad always every time every time I get a haircut, my dad I walk in, my dad goes like, ah, barber shut. Fuck you, dad. That's a that's a really good way of putting it, man. I think as well, and sort of throws up a sort of an image to me, like a lot of boys we see are, I mean. Humans are social creatures, man. 100%. If you look at an analogy with wolves, man, wolves, lone wolves don't survive, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sometimes when a wolf gets ostracised for a group and it's going about hunting itself, man, it's it's full of, it's in a fight or flight. Yep. If it's alone, man, it's, it's, it knows it's not going to survive. But it's like, boys like that coming here, it's like meeting a new pack. Yeah, being that? accepted. Ah, being new accepted, pack. being fed, being nurtured, being nourished, uh, being treated as an equal. Um, and you can see sort of, of the need to feel that you're surviving, disappearing, they feel that you actually you've got living and you've got a bit of future man starting to come into your life. I spoke to a boy a couple of weeks ago who says that um we ask about the battery percentage, he said he was a twenty. He says he was the best twenty he's ever been in his entire fucking mm-hmm. life, man. Uh-huh. Um, he says only recently has he started to realise that he's deserving of the love and support he's been getting in here. And even though he'd been here for a wee while and getting it, he felt like he didn't deserve it. Earlier on, we were talking about that as well, imposter syndrome. He felt these people don't know my past, don't know where I've been and what I've done. The reality is, it doesn't matter where you've been, it's where you're gone, and who you've been, it's what you're being. It's about here and now, and where you want to go. Because if we can't rehabilitate people, then what the fuck are we supposed to do with them? You know what I mean? 
Well, on the point of loneliness, you put there. What I usually ask people to make it make sense to them is like, what is the number one punishment, like the highest punishment you can get in a civilized society, and that's segregation. When you go to prison, if you can't, I guess, conform with how they want you to behave, then you get put on your own in a room on your own, and it's shown to cause things like schizophrenia, obviously depression. You're sitting on your own. People are doing that to themselves in their own houses. So we look at people who are breaking the norms of values of society that are getting punished. We've got a golden opportunity with people to mm-hmm. <coughs> invest time and energy into them to try and get them to become safer parts of our community. But right now we actually fucking make it worse. People get out of jail. And they are enraged and angry. Yep. You know what I mean? Feeling up and safe. But well, it's causing people to then fall into the criminal system. Do you know what I mean? Where people are say committing I guess minor crimes or one off crimes and if they end up going to jail like that's what you find a lot in court the diversion to prosecution that's to prevent people from going into jail because it's almost like a training ground or a school for crime well, it's, you it's, go in and you learn for it people speaks that volumes that when they introduced that initiative that it was done for females only at Cotton Jail um, oh, right. in prison um, it was an initiative piloted to females because they recognised the importance of the female within the family unit, which again is a bit of a slap in the face yep, to as, males. as a male. Yep. Um, especially when, mate, when you're getting told that mate, new science came out saying that it's better to have uh, parents that weren't quite working out. It's still good to have a parent and a male, uh, uh-huh. a dad in the house, even if the relationship wasn't going too well, yep. rather than not have a fucking male in the house. Yep. Um, but I'll tell you one thing before we finish up. One thing I'm looking forward to is um, having other hubs yep. has been able to have like a litmus test in different areas and to see what the, the crossover is man because mm-hmm. I, I have a suspicion that the issues that we're facing in this area are being faced in just about every, any area we have yeah. a hub yep. um, on the same level if not more yep and I can I can guarantee the next hub we open is going to be um, just as, as full of members as this one and I'm looking forward to having 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 10,000. 100%. Family's got to grow, <laughs> baby. <laughs> we want somewhere like Men Matter in every city, yep. every township, every kind of local area. We don't we don't want people to have to travel for other sides of the city, other sides of the country. We want to have it on their doorstep. Prevention is more important than the damage control, 100%. And see, when, you know, if, for example, if we can... and change things and the, the, the general level of mental health in a community that doesn't that doesn't mean that men will, and the hubs like that will go away it means that, that they can be more used to empower uh, more rather than, yep. than reacting to the problem because like, you will get this as well Quite a lot of times people, and this is what this podcast is good for, because they'll like heard a man matter, but they don't really know what we are. And it's really hard to define, but it's, as Peter Diver said last night, it's, it's anything that you, you want it to be. It's a place that guys can go to like learn skills, meet people. Obviously, the, the, the support services are there, but the, what I see it is, is if, the, if, for example, even if we could get the base level of mental health down, it would still be a, a positive place where like, you can, can, can connect to your community, find out what's on, find out who's hiring jobs, yep. who's looking for, for yeah, people, yeah, yeah. What, what's on like in terms of like um, what events are on, what, what community things are guys, like community hill walking groups, cycling groups, and connect like that. Um, Even like say someone in the local community, like for example, we had one of our co-founders, Fraser Devine, on the uh, evening times, yep. was it Glasgow's Streets Miles Ahead or something? Yep. What, what was the award? It was a community champion award, I think community champion. I wasn't sure with the the other part of it, but um, even just ha- getting out into the local community that there are people in 
your area that are doing things like that? Like, Aye, I know? mean, I think what Craig's saying as Just well is worth expanding on. I think that um, we can all agree that there should be a youth group in every yes. city, right? Yes. We can all agree that there should be a youth group in every area of every city, right? Mm. And then we could all, we should all agree that with a youth group would be something that we would want to send our child to, right? Yep. And then I would ask why, and I would be, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if the answers were something like because it's a safe place, it's a nurturing, supportive environment positive where role people models. can be with positive people, positive role models, their peers, where they can be given new opportunities, they can learn, they can reflect, they can not be bullied and put at risk, right? Um, then, then my next question would be: If, if young people up to the age of eighteen require that, then why don't adults need that? Especially why don't men need that? Especially the most affected demographic when it comes to suicide, alcohol addiction. What is it about positive connection and keeping safe with good people that males don't need? So, like you said, mate, calling ourselves like we, we really do want to change the change the, the opinion we have if people have of men matter and less away from mental health. Suicide prevention, although that's always what we will always be, it should be the norm. It should be like going to the gym to stay fit for your mind. Yeah. It should be like a youth group for adults, and that's always going to be required in every area of Scotland. Yeah. You know what I mean? Positive, positive connection is lost, and if we can inject positive connection into communities into people's lives, that transform. My, aye, my dad was I was I picked my dad up for a pub last night, and he was talking about how like back in when he was growing up, that if you lived in like a six and a block. You could walk if if you went in for school and your man and I weren't in, you could walk into any house in that block and you'd, you'd get safe. fed. Yeah, ah, you'd be safe. Yeah, you'd be fed. Yeah. They said that was your auntie Mary or so and so that that lived across the land and, and obviously there's no relation. It's just everybody looked after each other and uh, you still get that. Um, but I think we need we need to bring it out, you know. And if we yeah, are, we are connect, you know, we connect families well. More, more obviously, I've seen we just collectively, but men matter connects families, uh, not 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 just guys. So it has a knock on effect throughout the whole community. You're right, and it's about confidence. Before men matter was in my life, I would not have the confidence to go up to a man that was crying and ask if he was all right. Um, I wouldn't have the confidence to stop children having a square go in the street. I wouldn't have the confidence to stay calm when somebody was perhaps you know getting upset at me. So it's uh, these things. But if you if you turn a blind eye, when like, I mean the young team are fighting, you know what I mean you're, you're contributing to that continuing. If you're turning a blind eye, you're eh, complacent. Ah, you become ah, and I mean what's it? Indifference is enslavement, you know. And and like if you're not willing to do anything, then you're part of the problem. And and we all have a we all can be part of the solution. It's just having the balls. So that see see these real men out in this fucking jungle out in the scheme. These hard men, these tickets, right? Concrete jungle. They don't have the fucking balls to be men. And I'll put that out there. Because I, well, it depends on what you define as a man. And if your definition of a man is being a warrior and a provider, it's been so hard that you snap at the fucking first sight, a fucking a, a gust of wind, you know what I mean? A tree's got to be flexible and bend with the wind, man, or it falls in its fucking arse. You know what I mean? So men are, men are, 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 are find strength through their, their flexibility and, um, and being flexible means, you know... Adapting. Adapting, aye, totally. See, I mean, for me, a man's someone that can speak about... Their issues, their yeah. problems, things that I guess the challenges they face in their life, like yeah. So I mean, part of identity as a man is I mean a gentleman. What, I mean, we can go back in the history, right, to go through. Right? <laughs> but but gentlemanliness. What, I mean, what is it? You look being at some of the most passionate, holding aye. doors for people, asking yeah. people are all right, being yep. having manners. So I mean, I mean, it essentially goes back. To, I mean, I don't know, but for me, it's took me down the road, the road towards stoicism. Mm-hmm. It's took me down the road, the road towards you know what I mean, being harsh with yourself and easy on other people. 
and um, being gentle with people, yep. being gentle with people, because we often find that we pick cunts apart, but there's lots for us to pick apart mm. about ourselves, and yeah. just yeah. like you reference Jordan Peterson, it's like, sort your own shit out before you start trying to sort of kind of shit out. Uh, I mean, we, we're not going around putting... Make We're not going around telling people what to do. We're supporting people that come to us and asking for some input and help, and you know what I mean? We're not going out there trying to... Trying to... We are going to try to change the world. We're not I mean, forcing it. We're not. Well, we will be. Aye, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, we're not going out sticking my nose in where we're no, um, but it's no needed. Aye. You know what I mean, and um, I'll keep sticking my nose in anywhere. I need to. I've battles and we're fighting them. Aye. Just to pick up on when you said they'll meet your bed in the morning, I was watching a wee, um, what was that wee speaker last night on Facebook, and he was saying the same. He's like, wake up in the morning, meet your bed. First task of the day is done, which then makes you want to go on and do more tasks, mm-hmm. even if the tasks don't work out. You've had a shit day, you can hear your bed, mate. Well, that's a happy feeling, and it can hear your bed, mate. So, so it's just about the simple steps in the day. Making choices and make your life easier for the morning. Wins, isn't it? Nah, wins nah. through the day. Totally. Yep. Well, my bladder's about to explode. Ah. <laughs> ah, yes, I think yeah. that's a good place to wrap it up as yeah. well. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much, guys. I just told you it was just it's so natural. So just before you press that big. I caught an half button. I just want to thank yourself, Deacon, and yourself, Craig, and, and Peter, um, when I see him. Um, and again, just to just to put it out there that thank you for taking the lead on this. And uh, it's just going to snowball and snowball and snowball. And thank you for giving us the tools to, to then I, I explore our creativity. <laughs> I am trusting us with it because uh, honestly, Men Mark Scotland wouldn't be here without you, Fraser and Peter in the first instance so we would like to thank you and thank you obviously for these lovely pieces of equipment well, that we can we, use to can then explore our own creativity <laughs> and our skills well three men can build a ship but three men certainly can't sail it so right. um, every single person that's on board is sailing it in the direction it should be and has an equal um, pride or should have an equal pride in, in what it is because we're all we're all just we're all bricking the wall making this place what it is man so thank you Thank you, okay. Father, thank, thank you very much. Much love, guys. Much love. Man, 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 This has been a big sweaty mama production.